Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive in to all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of What The Bump. We are going to be talking about birth plans or birth preferences. I like to call them birth preferences because anytime you have a plan, it just usually doesn't go the way that you plan for it to. So we're going to talk about birth preferences. And that is basically a guide that you make for your providers, your nurses, basically anybody who's going to be involved in your care. It's a guide for them to follow, telling them what you want when it comes to your birthing room, your labor, your actual birth, and then your postpartum period. And before we dive into this, I just want to say that in the end, the plan, the preference when it comes to birth is for a healthy mom and a healthy baby. So it's, I, I, I think it's great to make birth plans or birth preferences. And you know, some people tell you absolutely do not do it because the minute you do do it, everything, the opposite of it will happen. And that's not true. Honestly, birth plans are great because it's a way for you to educate yourself and really empower yourself to decide on the things that you want. So when it comes to starting a birth preference guide, um, I would say to think about your birth, just imagine your birth, what you want it to be like, and start kind of making bullet points for that. Do you want an epidural? Do you not want an epidural? Do you want your baby to have hepatitis B, erythromycin, vitamin K? Um, do you want your baby skin to skin right after delivery? Um, or are you okay with them taking the baby over and weighing them? Or do you want that to be delayed for an hour or two? Do you want pain medications during labor? Are you okay with nitrous nitrous oxide during labor, which is kind of like um, the laughing gas that they use at the dentist. Some people who do natural labors want that. Um, do you want to keep your placenta? Do you want to toss your placenta? How long do you want it still attached as far as delayed cord clamping goes? There are just so many things that go into it. So just sit down and think about the main things that are important to you. It needs to be a detailed list, but don't make it too detailed. Make it clear and concise um, and point out the things that you want, the things that are very important to you, but don't get down to every single nitty gritty detail because especially as a healthcare provider, sometimes you get a birth plan that is just so absolutely detailed and you know that, that it's just it's very easy to stray from that. One little thing going wrong can kind of throw the whole very, very detailed birth plan off. And sometimes that leaves you with like guilt or shame feeling like you could not accomplish it. And we do not want that to happen. So let's jump in really quick to a couple of things that you should definitely include in your birth plan. As a nurse, like I said, I like birth plans. Um, some healthcare providers and nurses honestly hate birth plans, which is totally fine. Like I always say to each their own. Um, but I just find that it's just such a good way to educate yourself and just set out some decisions that you want to make. Like I said, it's all your choice. Everything is your choice. So you want your birth plan to be one page, like I said, clear and not insanely detailed, but you want to make it in the form of a checklist, just kind of going in order of how things are going to happen from when you get to the hospital to when you start really getting into active labor to when you start pushing to when you deliver the baby. The first thing is going to be your birth room. So what do you want your birth room to be like? Who's going to be in it for delivery? That's something that's very important that we need to know who's going to be in your delivery room. Um, you can create a code word for this also. Some people will have family there at the beginning of labor in the early stages, which is fine. But once it starts picking up, they want 
they want everybody out except the person who's going to be in there, which is normally a spouse, maybe a mom or a mother-in-law or a doula. So birth room, who's in it, code word that your nurse can have to kick people out if needed to, and then your birthing environment. So do you want it bright? Do you want it dark? Do you want essential oils? Do you want music? Do you want it to be quiet? Just how you want your environment, how you envision your environment. And you might not know, and that's totally fine. If you don't know, then just don't put it on there. Um, Only put on your birth plan things that you have envisioned, things that you are just kind of really wanting to happen during your labor, delivery, and birth. And the second thing to include on your birth plan, kind of like the second stage, I guess you'd consider, would be active labor. So how do you want your active labor to look? Do you want an epidural? Do not want an epidural? Do you want IV pain medicine? So some some woman will do a natural delivery without an epidural, but they will still receive IV pain medicine. We normally give a medication called Stadol. It goes in your IV and it can kind of take the edge off the pain for a couple of hours. Do you want to get in the shower while you labor? Do you want to get in the tub while you labor? Do you want nitrous oxide? Like I mentioned earlier, that's kind of like a laughing gas that takes the edge off. Um, And some women, it makes them very nauseous and very sick feeling, but some people like it. And you can always try it and then decide, hey, I don't like this. Um, What positions do you want to labor in? Do you want to be in the bed? Do you want to be walking in the room? Do you want a birthing ball? Do you want a peanut ball? Do you want to stand? Do you want to kind of do a little dance with your partner? And again, some of these things you might not know. So just don't put it on there. And hopefully your nurse or your doula, whoever is helping you through your labor will be open-minded and help you just try a lot of things. Um, Do you want your doula in the room the whole time? Um, do you want an IV? Now I will say most hospitals will require you to have an IV no matter what, but I have heard of a couple hospitals kind of, if you're a midwife, natural patient and you're low risk, sometimes they don't make you have one. I don't know how true that is, but if that's an option at your hospital, do you want an IV or not? And then the third part of your birth plan will be actual birth and pushing. So, um, how do you want to push? What positions do you want to push in? Do you want baby skin to skin right after delivery on your chest? Um, Do you want delayed cord clamping? So some people will, it's basically standard to delay it for a minute, maybe a couple minutes. Um, Some people want it delayed cord clamping for five minutes. Some people want it for 10 minutes. Um, I've heard of people wanting it until the cord and placenta literally dry out. Um, I've never done that myself or had my patient do that, but Educate yourself on cord clamping and how you want that done. Do you want to watch your baby be born? So we have big mirrors that we can put at the foot of your bed. That way you can literally watch yourself push and watch that head come out. Some people really, really want that. And I will say the majority of people you even offer that. And they're like, um, absolutely not. I do not want to see what's going on down there. But that is something that is an option that you should definitely know about. And then do you want to, you want the provider to pull your baby out or do you want to, um, I have seen a couple of moms actually really be like, tell me at the beginning, Hey, I want to reach down and pull my baby out. And as long as obviously that's something that I talk with your provider about as your nurse, I bring that up to your provider very early on and we make sure that they're okay with it. Cause sometimes they'll be like, no. And sometimes most of the time they'll be like, I mean, heck if she wants to, yeah, she can definitely try. Um, I've had a dad catch a baby, our doctor, let him get in sterile gloves, let him gown up and everything and actually get down there and catch the baby. And that was, that was really, really awesome. And then the fourth part of your birth preference list will be afterbirth. So we already talked about skin to skin, um, your placenta, do you want it discarded or do you want to take it home? 
medications. So we usually give, and like I said, I don't know about other hospitals, but we give um, ibuprofen and a stool softener after birth every day. Do you want those? Um, do you want your baby to have meds? Do you want your baby to have the hepatitis, erythromycin, and vitamin K? And then anything else that you are envisioning for your postpartum period, you want to put on the birth plan. So that is just like a general list. Those are kind of like the four, the timeline I kind of broke down labor and delivery into. So your birth room, your actual active labor, your pushing and birth, and then your postpartum period. And like I said, those are just some things that I touched on that are kind of like biggies that as your nurse, I want to know um, about how you want your birth to go. And some people come in and I'll say, oh, do you, we almost ask everybody, do you have a birth plan? Because we want to know. And I would say 95% of people say no. And that's fine too. Um, you don't need to write a birth plan, but just kind of know that these are some things and some decisions that you're going to have to make. A lot of them, if you don't make a specific decision, the provider is going to make it for you. Like cord clamping, they're probably going to let it, they're probably going to clamp it and cut it after a minute. Skin to skin, they're probably going to put the baby skin to skin. Um, placenta, they're going to deliver it and they're probably going to discard it if there's no reason to send it down to the lab. We're probably going to give the baby medications. We always ask about that though. The other thing about your birth plan is that you should really consider making a plan B birth plan. And your plan, plan B birth plan, that, that's a tongue mouthful plan B birth plan is going to be in case of a C-section and you don't need to make this super detailed, but just know if you have to have a C-section who you want in the room, you get one person in the room, as long as it's not like a crazy emergency, then we'll have nobody in the room. Um, but just kind of know who you want that person to be. And if there's any specific care you want surrounding your C-section, so you will be in bed after your C-section for usually about 12 hours, you'll have a fully catheter in but if there's anything specific that you would like in your C-section care, definitely include that. And overall, with a birth preference guide, just be confident in your decisions. Really be confident in them. Research them. Listen to other podcasts about them. Ask your friends. Listen to other birth stories. There are so many podcasts that I absolutely love to just help educate you on all your options surrounding labor and delivery and woman's care and birth and postpartum period, everything. Um, and so just listen to some of those, read some books and know all of your options and remain just positive and confident in those options. Don't have your birth preferences be stuck in stone. You never want to be completely attached to them to where something goes wrong and you feel guilty. You feel mad. You're very upset because you just, you had a baby no matter what, you had a baby and as long as you guys are both healthy, whether your birth plan, every single thing happened or whether absolutely nothing happened and you got a C-section in the end, it doesn't matter because you have the same thing. You have your baby. That's what you went in the hospital for. And that is what you're leaving with the hospital with. And that was the whole goal of the whole thing. That's what you've worked nine months toward. You have not worked nine months to not get an epidural. You've worked nine months to have a baby. So you are still achieving that goal that you set out to months and months and months ago. So just be very open. And if things go wrong, don't let it upset you. Your baby controls the entire thing. And I hate to say that, but I always tell my patients that if they have birth preferences, like I said, I'm a fan of them. I some people hate them because they're like, the minute you make them, it doesn't happen. I like them. And guess what? If it doesn't happen, so be it. But it doesn't hurt to kind of have some idea of what, you, of what you would ideally want. I always say 
that that baby in your belly controls your life and controls your world before it's even here. And it does because you might have all these birth birth preferences and your baby's heart rate might start doing some funky things or your baby, your water might break and you have meconium fluid in it. So a lot of those things might not happen the way that you want them to because of those small things that the baby is completely in control of. So just remember that and make sure that you type out your birth plan. This is another thing. Type it out and bring a couple copies with you to the hospital because I'm going to want one for sure as your nurse. Um, your provider is probably going to want one. And then we usually like to leave one or at least tape one into your room for people coming in, um, especially coming in during the delivery to, to know what you want, to know what your preferences are, what your plan is. I had a patient one time who had a very, it, I, actually, I wouldn't even call it very detailed. I would just call it a pretty, a pretty good birth plan. I mean, she wanted to lay cord clamping. She wanted skin to skin, no hat, no diaper for the first two hours, which just throw a diaper on the kid because they poop and pee on you. <laughs> but no hat, no diaper for the first two hours. No baby medications. You know, she wanted like a five-minute delayed cord clamp. She wanted her husband to cut the cord. She wanted a quiet room environment with essential oils. Just all the things. Which again, fine. But we, her water broke and she had meconium fluid in it, which is where the baby takes the first poop inside of the womb. And... Usually they come out fine, but sometimes they come out and they can aspirate into their lungs some of that meconium and they might need a little extra help just getting their respiratory and breathing started after delivery. So we knew that and I, she was thankfully very open and not attached to her birth plan. And I explained to her, you know, because you had the meconium fluid, sometimes we don't get that five minutes late cord clamping and skin to skin. We have to cut the cord and right away and take the baby over to the warmer, stimulate them, sometimes suction them and take a good look at them. Um, so, you know, she had the meconium fluid and she delivered her baby and that baby came out covered in the thickest meconium I've ever seen. Normally they don't really come out like with meconium on them. This baby came out literally like covered in, in his poop and it was thick and he needed some help, um, getting cleaned up getting stimulated and getting breathing. So, you know, she had a birth plan that was very detailed and, the whole postpartum part of the birth plan went out the window. We cut the cord instantly. We took the baby. We kept it away for a while, working on it, making sure it was okay, making sure he was adjusted, good to the outside world. And he ended up getting vaccines. Well, not, he didn't get vaccines. He actually ended up getting the vitamin K, which is for blood clotting because it was a little bit of a rough delivery. We pushed for a long time and, you know, you don't want your baby to have a brain bleed or any traumatic injury. So she did get a lot of the things that she didn't want and she did not get a lot of the things that she did want. But perfect example of somebody who was totally fine in it. She was like, you know, like the minute she, she had meconium and we told her, hey, just so you know, your birth plan might be hard to accommodate. She was like, that is absolutely fine. Like whatever you guys need to do, I just want my baby to be healthy and I want me to be healthy and that is all that mattered. And she was great about understanding all of that. So that is the quick birth plan or birth preference guide. Um, just know the things that you want and remain confident and empowered and positive about them. And whether they happen or not, just always hold on to the fact that you just want a healthy mommy and a healthy baby. And in the end, that is the only thing that matters. That is the only thing that you've been working towards for months and months and months. And either way, you're going to do great. 
you're going to rock your birth, whether it looks exactly like you want it to, or whether it looks nothing like you want it to, because we really can barely control that. It's all about those stinkers inside of us. And they're the ones just running the world before they are in it. Thank you guys for listening to a, another episode of what the bump. And I would love to dive deeper into some of the things that I touched on in your birth plan, because you might not know, should I delay my cord clamping or what is meconium in my, when my water breaks or should I breastfeed? Should I not? Um, should I get an epidural? Should I not? Should I try nitrous oxide or should I not? So many things. And there is never a right or wrong answer. It's all about what you want. So yeah, I would love to dive deeper into some of those topics. It's actually really jogged a lot of things in my mind that would be great to talk about, especially skin to skin. I love skin to skin. Keep that baby skin to skin. (laughs) But anyways, I will see you next week on another episode of What the Bump. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Head on to iTunes. I got the podcast uploaded on iTunes. So leave me a review. It would really help me out and recommend this to all your friends and family, especially the ones who are pregnant. Thank you guys. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and I will see you next week to talk more about the bump. And of course, I know you all probably know this, but I have to add it in. I make every effort to broadcast correct information through this podcast, but I am still learning so much. So I am in no way providing medical advice through this podcast, just sharing the things that myself and others have experienced or learned. Make sure to consult your physician before taking anything from this podcast and changing your health. This applies to any guests or contributors that I also have on this podcast. Thank you. And I will see you next week.